Welcome to the Carmesh Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. And I'm Trudy Lewis. episode I want us to talk about confidence um, because it's one of those topics that always comes up in our coaching retreats when we ask our coaches what is one of their key objectives they always say they want to build more confidence they want to feel bolder about some of the goals that they have and they feel that sometimes that can stop them progressing as a confidence coach I talk about obviously confidence a lot and it was actually one of our very early uh, episodes on imposter syndrome, which was one of our has been one of our biggest downloads actually. And since that first episode, we have done a few more in various other seasons, and they've always been quite popular. And you would have seen in one of the last seasons, I have changed my mind a lot around imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is something that I have understood now that it isn't actually a fair reflection on the research that was done in the 70s on how we feel about ourselves. And what imposter syndrome often means is that we feel like we're frauds, we feel like we don't belong, we feel like we shouldn't get the job and one day we're going to be found out. Uh, and we shared in, the, in one of the last seasons an article by Ruchika Tolshian and Jodie Ann Briley who wrote for the Harvard Business Review about how to stop telling women that they've got imposter syndrome. And we'll share all those uh, past episodes in our show notes if you're interested. But in this episode, I want us to kind of dig a bit deeper in confidence specifically, how we each of us uh, build our own confidence in the work that we do and how we manage that because confidence isn't something that you can just wake up one day and go, oh, I'm I'm going to be really confident today. And I'm also not the biggest fan of fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't believe in it. I think you're just masking your own insecurities, your self-limiting beliefs, and you really have to channel why you feel the way you feel. And I want to just do a couple of definitions first because we often mistake and overlap certain terminologies um, when we're talking about our confidence. And the two, there's two key definitions I want to talk about. So what is confidence and what's self-esteem? Um, because each one is quite different. So confidence is when you have little doubt about yourself and your abilities. So that means that you know that you're com- you're confident in your work, you know you're going to deliver great work, you're, you're aware of where you may need some growth. Uh, and the other part of confidence is that you've got a feeling of trust in somebody else that they're going to do uh, their job well as well. So you've got confidence in them. Self-esteem is when you... Um, when you have high self-esteem, that's when you value your sense of worth and it can be considered as a measure of how you value and approve of yourself and how much you appreciate yourself. So what you might find is that, say as an example, you may, a celebrity for example, can go out on stage and sing in front of thousands of people and be really confident about their ability to sing. But what you might read in the papers and news is that they are um, self-harming or they are abusing themselves. And what that normally ha- means is that they've got really self, self-esteem. And we do things like various activities in our coach retreat to un- un- understand where your gaps are in your self-esteem <coughs> scale, the Rosenberg scale, but also in terms of is it confidence or is it self-esteem? And both need to be managed well in terms of what you do because if your confidence in your abilities isn't there, then your self-esteem will be knocked. Um, and if your confidence in your abilities is there, your self-esteem may still be lower depending on what's going on in your environment. So I want us in this session to kind of talk about self-esteem specifically, to be honest, because I do think that is often what a light bulb moment for many of our 
uh, attendees that come along to our retreat in terms of, oh, actually, I am really competent and confident in my work. I know I'm good at what I do. I've done my education, my experience. Where the gap is, is that my self-esteem is quite low. And and our friend Brené talks about... um, we often self-sabotage ourselves when we have self-esteem. So we may overeat, we may not exercise, we may not look after ourselves, we may burn out quite a lot. We don't know, understand boundaries very well. So I'm going to throw it out to Jenny and Trudy. Um, and I won't pick on one of you, but whoever wants to thought interject. that was very kind. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> whoever yeah. wants to interject. In terms of where self-esteem, and I mean, first of all, did you, before we spoke about this and before I've spoken to you about this, were you aware the differences between the confidence and the self-esteem kind of definition. No, I wasn't until we did probably the first coaching retreat where you started to really break down the definitions, where you were starting to research and, and read and learn yeah. more about confidence. I think I think we've all been on that journey together as we are one. <laughs> so as you've read more, as is always the way we share as yeah. we as we learn, you know, regularly. And I think you know, when we did the first imposter syndrome one, we all felt quite similarly about it. Then you were the one that came forward and said, look, I've read more about this. This is what it is. And then, you know, the the gap between confidence and self-esteem certainly wasn't something I've considered. And I so enjoy that distinction um, for me and for others, because Mm -hmm. I think it's a real revelation about how we get, how we just think confidence is all of those things together. We think, oh, they're really confident. Yeah. And and what that means and how that makes us feel about that person without considering the self-esteem element. So I find it fascinating and, and interesting and all, all, all things. I, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And the really interesting thing about that is that we can make really poor judgments on somebody based on their character. So if you, yeah. if you have somebody who's quite um, outspoken or confident in how they approach and how they see themselves and in meetings, like, oh, they've got it together we can make an assumption that they don't need that support or they don't need the help because they're, they're fine. But what you might find is that the self-esteem might not be there. Mm. So they don't take feedback very well. So you, uh, one of the symptoms is that when you say to somebody, oh, you did some really good work, rather than just going, oh, thanks, I appreciate that, they'll go, no, 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 I didn't. There was like 1,500 other people involved. And no, yeah. that only took me one minute in around when we know it's taken them like three months yeah. <laughs> to get to do that work. <laughs> so that is a sign of like, how much are you appreciating and valuing yourself? Trudy? Yeah. Um, I kind of knew the difference. Uh, but yes, like Jenny, I, f- I found, you know, all of the times that you've shared it and explained the explanations around it, I think that's really useful to learn the difference between the two because I would have probably initially just clumped them all together in confidence at some point. Um, but I do think it's an incredibly important thing to have a distinction about because... Uh, a lot of people say things like, I'm not good enough. Um, and that speaks to their self-esteem. You know, I'm not good enough. And it's it's an interesting thing because in coaching, it's 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 also quite challenging to break that down without because you have to delve back into the person's past mm. a little bit because there's only, you know, it's only when you start to delve, you know, dig deeper and say, well, you know, what happened? At what point did you start to feel less than? Uh, for you to be at this stage right now. And, you know, it's that kind of, it's quite a a deep one to go into simply because for so many people, they don't even remember some people. And it's only when you start to go there that they begin to think, ah, actually somebody said this when I was a child or this happened. And as a result, 
you know, I had a lack of self-esteem and so on. But then if you were to clump them all together, they would never see that. No. Uh, the breakthrough from actually coming out of self-esteem is quite powerful and it makes such a massive mm. difference to how people uh, or an individual just deals with their life. So I yeah. think it's a, it's really an important distinction as well as it being an interesting one. Yeah. Um, and I think it's incredibly useful that sometimes, you know, as as we coach at the coaching retreat, we address some of this as well because, you know, there are different people. Everybody's coming from a different angle. So it's it's looking at what their, their take on it because, yeah. you know, one's person I'm not good enough is different from another person's mm. I'm not good enough. And that's the thing about confidence. What you may see as um, this is what I should be. Mm-hmm. It's very different. It's quite subjective. You know, for some people, it's I want to stand in front of 20,000 people and speak on stage. And that's what confidence means to me. Mm. And for others is I want to be able to articulate my thoughts with clarity in a meeting and not feel the fear. Yeah. Um, and both are equally important. And I think that's really, Im- that's imperative and critical for those who are trying to understand what confidence means to them mm. to understand that. Because we've spoken about comparison quite a lot in this this season and in previous seasons. And just because you see somebody doing something doesn't mean that you need to be doing that if you don't want to do that. You yeah. know, and we seem to have this kind of, uh, this fellowship thing going on that we think we need to do it to be successful. And that's not quite true. The other thing about self-esteem is that you need an element of vulnerability. Mm. as well and we vulnerable confidence which is I know it's a it it kind of goes against each other a little Mm -hmm. bit but you do need to have a little bit of vulnerability in terms of understanding what you need to say to others to help you grow in your confidence and Mm. self-esteem and it's not hiding things away so if you need clarity and you need support then to help boost your self-esteem then it's okay for you to say do you know what, this isn't quite okay for me mm. and I need X, Y and Z from you to help me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But people fear again and it's, once again, it's peppered with this whole imposter syndrome yeah. um, that people talk about. And even though it's it's now recognised that it's not a syndrome and it's not something that um, we should pay too much attention to on an individual basis, it's something about the environment, people still talk about it. Mm-hmm. So people still say to me, oh, I feel like a fraud. I feel like I don't belong in this space and I don't think I should be here. I don't know why I've been given that opportunity. And in the work that I do with the leader like me, with the underrepresented women of colour, they're specifically, you know, did I get that job because I'm a woman of colour? Or did I get that job because I'm qualified and experienced? And it's because of their lived experience and the behaviours that they have had from others has made them feel that way. So it's, again, it's really important around your vulnerability around self-esteem and confidence as well. And it takes time. And that's the other thing I want to just kind of mention as well. So I did kind of just briefly before talk about the Rosenberg scale, because it is um, a framework that you can use, and we'll share it in our show notes if anyone is interested in knowing more about that. But what I would say, and for me personally, it'd be really good to get both your views, self-esteem goes up and down for me, and it's 100% dependent on my environment and what is happening around me at that time. So if I've had, somebody's made a comment on social about something that I've done and have been a bit, you know, passive aggressive, which often happens <laughs> on social, uh, I will be quite bold and be like, no, this is what we're doing. This is what we should be doing. But then I will have a bit of like, hmm, I don't know if I, am I right person? So, you know, my, my kind of confidence around and self-esteem around that dips not for long, because I've got techniques and tips now to get me out of that, but it, it can really impact me. And what I've realized with my self-esteem is highly dependent on environments and other people. 
not necessarily me. And that's something it took me a long time to figure out. So I'm very protective of my environment and my boundaries. And again, I'm referring back to Renee's quote, if you're not in the arena Mm -hmm. getting your butt kicked with me, then I'm not really interested in what you have to say, which I know is a very privileged position to take because I work for myself. When you work in an organisation and you've got leaders, how do you manage that? How do you protect your kind of yourself in some of the feedback you might get? Because I speak to leaders and say, well, we need to help them improve and get better. But I suppose it's dependent on how you do that, right? And because you have to be very wary of the feedback you're getting, which can knock you. So how do you manage that? Jenny? Oh, that's a big question. I know. I know. (laughs) You know, I was thinking exactly the same thing and thinking, I hope she doesn't ask me. Yes. So, I mean, I'm scribbling as as you've been talking about the sort of the the distinction between the two. And I keep coming back to this self-esteem is the value of your sense of worth. It's the measure of how you appreciate yourself. And I think your question then was kind of how do you, how do you manage that if you take the view that your sense of worth is coming from someone else. Yeah. But I would throw that back to you <laughs> to say... <laughs> boomerang effect. Isn't it? Yeah. So it was interesting when you were saying your self-esteem is impacted by other people, whereas I feel like your self-esteem is yours and therefore shouldn't be impacted by other people if it's down to how I value myself. Yeah. So if I think about my own experience, I would say I I have medium self-esteem and high confidence. And I say medium self-esteem because I've had to work on, on various things um, throughout my life around you know, people, relationships and things which I've shared a few in, in this season. So that's where the self-esteem isn't always as high as it as, as I'd like it to be. But I'm very good at knowing my worth and knowing that. The environment has no bearing on that for me at all in terms of my self-esteem because it's, it's mine mm-hmm. and I own that and I'm responsible for that. And that's about me making sure that if I'm starting to wobble about, you know, my value or my worth then that's about having, you know, a grown-up conversation about that. So even if I'm I'm trying to think of a situation which isn't work-related, but it's maybe sort of being at home and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask my husband if he'll do dinner tonight. That for me is quite a big thing to ask, which links to previous mm. things in, in my past. Whereas I know, because my husband said to me, just, just ask, just, you know, can you do dinner? Yeah, sure. Like, it's it's absolutely no problem at all. And that's that's a little bit linked to that self-esteem of having that courage to sort of say that and do that. But that's not down to anybody other than me having to get control of myself and going, so, you know, just ask. Yeah, but the reason you feel the way you feel is because of your lived, past lived experiences. It is, but it's... But and that somebody else made you feel the way you feel. They did. Which is a trigger. It is. But it's not... My self-esteem doesn't go up and down based on the environment that I'm in. It might... There are things that might have situations I might be in where I have to draw on my past experiences and my learnings with which to to behave in a way to help me get through that. But it's not like my self-esteem has been knocked because of something that's happened to me because I feel like I know what my worth is. I know that I'm important. I know that I have to look after myself first. I've got all of those things that I don't know what would happen in my environment to knock that Whereas I can see what would happen in my environment that would knock my confidence. 
I okay. suppose, is, is, is what I'm, yeah. as I'm sort, no, of, sort of reflecting fair, on. Fair. So I, I am very, very confident in my abilities. <laughs> very, 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 very confident. And the reason I am confident in my abilities is because I've done the work. You know, so I've got my qualifications, I've got my experience, I work hard at what I do. So I know my abilities and the work that I do because of my credibility, yeah. I know that. So yeah. I, my confidence doesn't really shake in my ability to do work. Where my confidence shake is when somebody will question me as an individual, which is what I mean about environment. So when, so if I'm a bit bolshy on Twitter, which I'm often am, um, <laughs> it can happen, uh, and somebody makes a passive comment, not about my work, but about what I've said around, I don't know, representation out in a conference, it will shake me a little bit because I'm like, who am I to say that? So okay. my my value can be, and I think mine is definitely because of behaviours I've experienced yeah. from others. And and that shake for you is a shake on your own value yeah. Yeah. contributing to that conversation, yeah. Yeah. which is what's the shake of the self-esteem yeah, rather exa- than the confidence. Yes. Oh, this Ooh. is so educational. I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated just sitting here listening. <laughs> it's it's to very it. deep. It is deep. It feels, it feels like I've got my own personal yeah. podcast. But, <laughs> but this, is what, this is why I want... Please step in, Truth. Yeah, please do, Truth. This is why I wanted us to talk about it because we talk about it at such a peripheral level of confidence and we kind of go, well, i just get confidence tomorrow by reading a few books and maybe, you know, watching a TED Talk. It doesn't work yeah. that way. It is so much more and deeper than that. And I don't think you should be so hard on yourself if you don't fix it in 24 hours. Yeah. It's much more than that. What about you, Trude? And, and <laughs> it's deep, I know. Help me. <laughs> it's my internal voice crying out. Um, no, but um, it, it's interesting what you say about, you know, what what causes you to have low self-esteem or have challenges with your self-esteem? And I, I, I was thinking about it and reflecting while you were both talking. So for me, I, I don't know that external things do um, disturb my self-esteem very much. I'm, I, I'm probably leaning towards what Jenny was saying, where a lot of it is internalized. So I have spent a lot of time, I'm, I'm a thinker, I spend a lot of time self-analyzing, um, and self-reflecting so as a result, <clears throat> sorry, as a result, I will have a lot of kind of views on my worth about any given thing. So I would say it does go up and down dependent on my own internal factors, not necessarily um, the environment that yeah. I'm in. So I am, okay. I am confident in who I am. Like you, I've worked hard. I'm, I've, I've, I'm educated. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not afraid of talking to, um, you know, to more senior people or or anything because sometimes that plays into it and people say, oh, I don't have the the confidence to step out there. And I'm thinking, well, I don't really have those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, my self, my self, my self, my <laughs> self esteem um, can sometimes be knocked because I overthink it. So I overthink my worth. I overthink who I am and why, what, you know, oh my goodness, I'm not good enough to be in that particular sphere Mm. at that particular time. Or that I might feel a little bit out of my depth because I'm talking in, in an environment that's a little bit beyond me when you think about where I where I consider myself to be. And again, that's self-perception. It's not necessarily somebody saying to me, oh, Trudy, you shouldn't be here. But that is your environment contributing to how you feel. Very, in a very subtle way, yeah. but not, not from an external kind of something has Nothing's happened. been done to you. Yeah. The environment that you're in could, could make you 
question. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that will happen for anybody. But the, the thing with what, what was said to you when you were younger that caused you to have low self-esteem, for instance, or that might contribute to low self-esteem or low confidence are things that you've internalized and then you've pro- how it's how you've processed them internally sometimes that then obviously the external triggers get you into this state of saying, I, I, I'm behaving this way or I'm behaving like my esteem, self-esteem is low. And then sometimes not even recognizing why you're behaving mm. that way because you haven't connected the dots between this was said to me a long time ago, I have so low self-esteem. And then there's a level of shame that is attached mm-hmm. to some mm. of this to say, you know, I can't even say anything about this because, you know, everybody else around me seems so confident, so kind of clear about themselves. If I were to be vulnerable and open my mouth, um, I would look so much lesser and that would contribute to my feeling of self of low self-esteem. So mm. I will go even lower. Mm. Um, and so I think, you know, it's, 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 it's a good one to delve deeper in, but there's so much more to it than just, like you said, you know, we just read a book. I'm just going to yeah. listen to Mel Robbins and I'm all fired up. <laughs> I'm going to high five myself in the mirror and I am ready to, <laughs> ready go. to go. You know, it's not that. It can't be that because if you think about how how confidence and self-esteem work together, yeah, you've got this resistance yeah. almost of saying, yeah, well, I've got Mel Robbins speaking in my head, but I've got this massive yeah. giant beside me telling me that I am not good enough and I can't do this. And the the trick or the the need is to find ways, like you said, Advita, find techniques that for you each time can walk you out of those mm. problems. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's I think it'll be useful for um for those who are listening to talk about what are the symptoms of low self-esteem and what does that look like, <clears throat> not only for our own yeah. kind of thing, but also for them to kind of see, actually, is this what I have? And obviously there's various frameworks and tools I spoke about. So one of the one of the one of the signs could be so you're confident, like I said, in the work that you do, but you struggle to speak up. So everyone in the room is kind of like chit-chatting about an idea or a thought, and you know it's a rubbish idea and it's not great. But there's something in you that's stopping you going, actually, everyone, this isn't a great idea. So that's a, that's one of the, and I think we've, I don't, I think we've all experienced that at some point. I know I did in my very early career. Definitely has helped with my uh, work that I've done on my values mm-hmm. and the work I've done on my purpose to make sure that I now speak up. And fairness is one of my big values if people weren't aware. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's tattooed on me somewhere. I think, I think it is. <laughs> if it's not, let's do that. This yeah. little signpost <laughs> yeah. a bit bigger than a yeah. tattoo, actually. Definitely. So what what's one of your kind of signs that you know that your self-esteem isn't quite there, Jenny? I don't know. I feel because I feel like I'm quite. She's perfect, right? <laughs> well, you know. Um, I'm only joking. I, I don't... I, d- I genuinely don't feel like I have particularly low self-esteem. I don't, I, I, when you said about the struggling to speak up, there are certain environments, to, to contradict myself, <laughs> where I wouldn't speak up um, because I wouldn't feel that I would be valued in that in that environment to do that. Um, that's less so now. I mean, I don't think I feel like that, I've felt like that for about sort of six years. Mm. 
But I would say going back sort of six, seven years ago, there was definitely things where I didn't speak up where I kind of should have done. Mm. And that has, you know, if you look at where I was seven years ago and where I am now, you can, you know, even photographs. We were doing this the other day, yeah, weren't we? Yeah. Let's look at photographs yeah. of us yeah. seven years ago and photographs of us now and you can really see that difference. So I think there is something... But I'm trying to think of what a symptom would be if I was... And I'm really struggling, so I'm going to see if Trudy's got, got anything. Um, well, I think the only symptom for me would probably be withdrawal. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. So, uh, but then, I'd caveat that with the fact that if I am in an environment where I need to speak up, mm. even feeling low self-esteem, I will probably say something. So if I'm in a meeting, for instance, and I know that I need to say something... I'm less like I'm I'm more most likely to push past any feelings of low self-esteem and maybe that's the confidence coming in and stepping in and saying say do something mm. um but it would be withdrawal more than anything else because it's um withdrawal in that I will step away mm-hmm. because there there is something probably because I do internalize things a lot because I think a lot mm. I talk to myself a lot I've got many things going on in my head <laughs> cats up there <laughs> but but that self-talk is what then actually helps me through this because the self-talk helps me to determine what is fact and fiction and what is fiction okay so what's real and what's not real and so sometimes I challenge myself in the moment that I might feel very low self-esteem I might be like yeah, but that's not true, is it? Mm. And the minute I do that, it shifts how I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if there's something about context. So as I'm struggling to think of moments <laughs> self-esteem, I'm thinking about different friendship groups, different situations I've been in, and and I'm and I'm I'm really anchoring on your point of not sort of speaking up. And I think there are certain friendships groups that I might be in where I won't contribute as much as others. But I have then intentionally removed myself from those friendship Mm. groups. So that's why I think I can say I don't really have many of those moments because I've... I've sort of pruned my life yeah. to to remove myself and others from from those moments. So I don't ever put myself in situations where I have that feeling of I'm, I haven't got any value to add here. I think over the years I've just changed my situation mm. uh, and walked away from people or distanced myself from them so that I don't have that feeling and experience anymore. Yeah. And that's difficult, you know, quite a lot of the time, but... I think that's definitely something that I have intentionally done and I've intentionally done over the course of about six years. Yeah. So before we move into tips, I want to share a couple of symptoms that you may experience yourself just so you're aware. So one of them is not rewarding yourself. So feeling like you don't deserve a reward. Oh, I don't ever do that. Oh my God, <laughs> this is like therapy. <laughs> so you're feeling like you don't deserve reward, you don't deserve treat, you are very kind of... Um, hard on yourself like I need to be better so you don't Mm -hmm. reward yourself the other one is and this is coming from a recovering people pleaser but the keenness to please others so we are eager to please and we overthink why somebody may not like us and Mm -hmm. why you know what's happening there Uh, we feel very self-conscious about us ourselves so this is work that I've done on myself for a long time especially because I realized that my consciousness about how who I was and what I did stopped me speaking mm-hmm. on podcast and speaking on stage because I was really self-conscious. So that's something to really think about. Um, you avoid challenges because you want to be perfect. So you won't take risks. 
Uh, you won't step into a, an uncomfortable situation because you don't want to see, you don't want anyone to see gaps in your kind of perfection that you created for yourself. You apologize a lot. Um, and I know there's lots of people who do this. So I apologize a lot. But that doesn't mean, well, yeah, well it depends. It, well, it yeah. does, Trudy. It does. <laughs> It does. It's a fact. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> no, but it is a symptom of self-esteem where you apologise a lot. You feel like you have to apologise a lot for things. Um, you criticise yourself a lot. So you'll say things like, oh, I don't look great today. I could be better today. I don't, you know, we're not very good at supporting who we are and stuff. Um, we we blame ourselves. So if something has gone wrong, and we, we, you know, it's not our fault, we'll take the blame. Now, there's a difference between being a leader and leading and taking the kind of fall for the team and leading effectively. That's very different to saying, it's all my fault. I should have been better. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm rubbish. You know, it all kind of fits into, falls into that. And then um, the feeling of unable to assert ourselves. So, like I said before, when we're speaking in a room, we feel like we, we're not heard. Uh, and even though, even though we've got the qualifications and the credibility, like I said, we're very confident in who we are in our abilities. We just can't assert ourselves in the right way and we struggle to articulate that. So those are some of the signs. And I think I definitely recognise myself in some of those, you know, and I've been in those positions where I have done that. And like I said before, it is because of the environment. Somebody's mm-hmm. made a comment about myself or I remember when I first started Comms Rebel, I got trolled. Uh, that was fun. Um, <laughs> what an experience. What an experience that was. Um, and I, I was using an online scheduling tool to book my appointments. Um, and I got trolled on that. And somebody in there said, how how on earth has someone like you managed to get the platform that you have? And I was like, oh, get lost. You know, like my confidence, like I, I know I deserve, but then my self-esteem was really knocked. And I started mm. to criticise myself a lot, my tone, my voice, the way I looked. All that kind of came to play and that really shook me. Um, And it took a lot of work to build my self-esteem back up again. And obviously I got rid of the online scheduling tool to protect myself. (laughs) (laughs) But it's things like that that could happen. So um, I know we kind of shared vague tips, I would say, (laughs) throughout this discussion. Some tips. Some tips. Um, But any kind of tips you have, uh, Trudy, let's go to you first, that people, what people can do to build their self-esteem. Um, I mentioned it before. So so a big part of that is self-talk mm-hmm. um, and watch your self-talk. Now, to your point, you know, you're self-critical. You, you kind of go through this thing of telling yourself that you're rubbish. Um, watch your self-talk, but also watch how you overthink things in order to do that mm-hmm. self-talk. And... And not not really reframe because you don't. It's not about reframing, but but that thing of what is real and what is not real is always a very good question to ask yourself. So why should why is this happening? Mm. I might be saying that nobody will listen to me. What evidence do you have that nobody listens to you? And it's challenging the fact that you're telling yourself this stuff, but there's no evidence. Yeah. to prove that. So it's uh, there's a real uh, little tactic that you can do for yourself is that whenever you um, find yourself in that position is to get something to, to take your attention away and to actually ask yourself the question, um, you know, is this real? Is this really what's happening in light of the fact that there's either evidence or no evidence? Because, yeah. you know, if there's evidence, then there's evidence. But then again, even that can be refuted if the, that evidence is, you know, 
is warped because of your thinking. Because when we have low low self-esteem, there's an there's a element to which we've not quite got the right perspective on things. And sometimes we're looking at things from a very assumptive mm-hmm. viewpoint. So we, you know, we have to watch that and we have to kind of challenge yeah. the thoughts that we have coming through. That's yeah. a really big one. Um, well, it's a story that you're telling yourself. Exactly. And and it's it's kind of walking your way out mm. of that story because if the story says one thing, it's the little things that you can do for yourself that will take your attention away, change how you're thinking about something, distract you from actually going down this in- incredible rabbit hole and staying there forever. Mm. Um, another one is, um, I wrote some down. So there's one about visualization. Mm-hmm. So visualizing where you want to be and just taking a time, it's a bit meditating kind of, take some time Mm -hmm. out and sit down and have a little visualization and think about the thing as if to say it went well Mm -hmm. and or that part of you as if to say you went well or think of yourself your best self so when were you that best self and what were the things that helped you to be that best self and those yeah that kind of a visualization Mm -hmm. is really powerful really helpful to get you um, to start thinking about things a little bit differently. Great. Great tips. Well, I, I don't think there were just... <laughs> <laughs> um, God, so in, it's, this has been really reflective for me, as you can probably hear listening to the episode, in terms of, you know, when you were saying about you being trolled and, and what happened and, and how that made you feel, it made me reflect at a certain similar point in mm. time, back in 2020, where I had someone that was being quite mm. obnoxious and how my, mm. you know, I did get knocked, mm-hmm. you know, quite yeah. severely there. Um, so I'm having lots of reflection. <laughs> uh, lovely therapy session for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening <laughs> to the live therapy <laughs> session. Um, but I think the tips for me are definitely around what I said about kind of pruning your life to, to take the people yes. out. And I think that's really important. There are people in my life who... Um, I've known for a very long time who when I wrote my book you know went to other friends and were like oh god have you heard you know, writing a book <laughs> and I was a bit like oh you know Gosh. be gone um, and, there, and there was a lot of things that had happened it wasn't just that one thing I'm not that mean <laughs> there, were, there were other things that had happened you don't like my book? yes Get, get out. Get, <laughs> get in the bin. Um, it was more, there were sort of other things that had happened where in sort of group environments, they would sort of pick on you a bit and, 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 mm. and you know, and, and over time, you you gradually just get older, I think, and just yeah. go, I, I don't need to put up with this. So I've sort of removed myself. So that's a, that's a big mm. tip for me. I think look at the people in your life and make sure that you're surrounding yourself by people who are, you know, good critical friends. You know, not people that are just going to agree with you all the time, but people that are going to cheer you on, support you, mm-hmm. and tell you if you need to, you know, mm. stop doing something. Yeah. So that's that's one. I think the not rewarding yourself is interesting. When you said that, I said, oh, I'm not very good at that. And then I was reflecting on on our coach, Chris Ducker, who always tells me how great I am at um, going to the spa and things. <laughs> and that I hear them. But I'm, but I'm not very good at acknowledging... Um, my achievements. So yeah. when I wrote the book and published that, and everyone was like, "This is amazing," and I was like, "Yeah, I've just you know just written a book and and you know, <laughs> yeah. just sort of quite blasé about it." And Vita, you and I have talked about yeah, that yeah, now. Yeah. You've done yours, and and this sort of sort of slightly blasé nature you get about it because 
I think you get so drawn into it and it's such a long process that you you just, it it becomes quite accepting. So I think there is something about celebrating and recognising that. And I, I also want to come back to what does it mean? What does it mean to you? So if it's, whether it's confidence or self-esteem, what does confidence mean to you? What is your worth? Mm -hmm. Like really understand that for yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's not a tip, but something I wrote down when you started the podcast was, is imposter syndrome a helpful label that stops us from exploring things deeper? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's something to just sit with. It's very easy to, to grab that label and go, yep. oh, I've got imposter syndrome, which actually, you know, what does that mean? Don't and, and, and you know, don't hide behind that. Let's yeah. explore whether it's confidence, whether it's self-esteem, whether it's self you know, there's there's other elements yeah. in there and let's... Let's delve into that and let's let's help you yeah. know fix that. Yeah. Um, and I think they're my they're Brilliant. my really, no really good. good. Um, for me, I'm I'm going to go a bit practical a little bit in terms of how you can uh, building on Jenny's and Trudy's tips around reframing. So what I always say to people who say to me, "Oh, I just can't do that. I just can't. I can't." <laughs> Sorry, that's just a, <laughs> that's a bit of an in joke. Um, but it's it's uh, I always say yet. So the word. I can't do that yet. Or I'm not capable of doing that yet. And I think that's really important to reuse those words to say, no, I'm not ready yet, but I will be. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of apologising, because I think that is, it is very common. And I know there's lots of tips out there about, you know, saying thank you rather than, thanks for spotting that error rather than, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, and that's something I'm, I'm very conscious of. And I would be very mindful about the number of times you apologize for something that isn't your fault um and or isn't or isn't necessary like if you know if I don't know something's in the way oh I'm really sorry like like I'll move that out of the way you don't need to kind of say that so what I would say because it's it's such a, a regular pattern that you don't recognize you're doing that is to track it and get an accountability buddy to spot that Mm. in you so speak to a colleague or a friend or whoever and say look if I keep saying something let me know like nudge me or text me or whatever then you're aware of it because once you become more aware of it you can make the change happen and the other thing I want to kind of the final point is to to Jenny's point is you don't know what you don't know so it's really important to sit down and really identify what it is that you're trying to do so is it about wanting to have more impact? Is it about wanting to influence people? Is it about wanting to speak up? Is it that you want to be a podcaster or you want to speak on stage? Find out what it is because then it can work towards it. But if you kind of just say a very broad, I want to be more confident, what does that even mean? Mm. Confident in what? Confident in more? I want to be a better cook. Confident mm. that I want to run the London Marathon. Never going to happen, but you know. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, but just Not because... <laughs> Trudy was very quiet then. I was like, crikey. Like, no. <laughs> but find, find, find what, it, what is it? What, what is it that you want to be more confident in? Do you want to be able to speak up more in front of your boss? What is it? Um, and that's when you can get the true help and support as well. But yeah, those are our tips. God, that was filled. Oh, intense. I feel like I need a little a, cup yeah, of tea. That was, Ooh, that was a bit deeper than I thought it was going to yeah, get. Yeah, I, I definitely need a cup of yeah, tea. I'm going to go make a cup Maybe of tea. Maybe a gin. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit camedgerebels.com. We'd love to continue this conversation, so please connect, ask questions, and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, under Calm Edge Rebels. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate and review us. <laughs>